the Hale Varsity Radio Saturday Morning Show. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt. Y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he's 28, and now, roll tide. And Mark Cranach. Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. Welcome to it. Weekend editions here. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Cornhead Lager, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Mark Cranach uh, will be along here momentarily as uh, we try and shake off um, yesterday's finish against Iowa, 13 to 10. Nebraska fans, so many emails still to, to <laughs> touch on from the Real Red Reaction Show and uh, kind of a different look into the offseason. Can join us today if you're catching us on Twitter, the Hale Varsity Radio Twitter feed, at HVarsity Radio. In other ways, most Saturday mornings to catch us, Hale Varsity YouTube channel, KFOR Facebook, and then KFOR Sports Twitter. Elijah and I were just kind of laughing after yesterday's three-show extravaganza. We had a good time. But I think we both crashed, I don't know, 9, 8.30, 9 o'clock, woke up super early and kind of feel like a million bucks, feel better than the stats our dear friend Walter and Philadelphia have given us with Nebraska's. It appears we've lost Schmitty, which is interesting. I think where he was going, though, with this was the stats that Walter gave us here before this show started. Nebraska's quarterbacks combined passing stats this season. This is pretty good from Walter. Uh, 52% completion percentage for 1,631 yards, 10 touchdowns, 16 interceptions, 432 fumbles. As I also hope, let's uh, let's shoot Schmitty a text, let him know he's he's frozen. He could just be still talking away in his own place for all I know. And yeah, there goes there goes Chris. Welcome to it. It's a Saturday morning edition with just Elijah Herbal. For now, we got him back. We got him back. Yes, this is awesome. Um, <laughs> he's god awful. So what I was saying is Walter uh, is going to make you feel better this Saturday morning with the quarterback stats. Walter, our dear listener on the stream. I, I, I laid them out while you were away. Thank you. We'll just reiterate. <laughs> we'll just reiterate as you sip on your coffee or maybe go wander in traffic this morning. But um, uh, uh, Quinn asked the question, man, and it's been a popular drumbeat. Probably, I don't know, things got going against Michigan State, but more so after Purdue where – that was your most complete win of the season if you're Nebraska when you had offense, special teams, and defense kind of do their thing. And and people are, are out on Marcus Satterfield. There's a, a lot of South Carolina fans that would nod solemnly with you. I don't like calling for people's head. I don't like calling for people's head after year one. You had a lot of reactionary Nebraska fans and even have a brutal Twitter handle out there called Fire Matt Rule. So the quick and easy take is, well, just blow them out. <laughs> well, Nebraska's had a bad habit of blowing out coaches and picking the wrong coaches and the wrong administration, and that's been part of this 
god awful, uh, you know, just merry-go-round for the last two decades. You know, Nebraska's fired two coaches with nine wins. So as much as you can critique Satterfield, as much as you can critique Nebraska's inability to to be clutch in some big moments in Big Ten football on offense in the fourth quarter, it didn't get to happen, all right? It didn't get to happen. So bitching and moaning about it to, to move on from him while – may be the quick and easy solution and it might be the right solution if things don't get better uh it isn't gonna happen so it doesn't do any good to just keep hammering the fact you can wish and hope but i don't know that it does you any good as a nebraska fan there's my final advice as what you should do as a fan this morning but no can he be better absolutely uh can his quarterback play be better that makes him look better for sure but the key is is finding that or continuing to develop that, and that's another argument whether or not you believe he can develop a high level quarterback play. And, and, so and my take on this, Schmitty, is like I am far from sold on Marcus Satterfield. Quite, same. Quite disappointed on the offensive performance we saw this year. I think the most concerning statistic is the the turnovers from South Carolina, then coming over into Lincoln, and the turnovers continue. That's the number one thing that concerns me. I didn't like this scheme this year. I didn't like that it wasn't really adjusted for the players that he had. But the players that he had, I mean, he lost nine offensive starters pretty much as the year went on. I know he got one of them back in Nuri. But, like, you're losing starters. The quarterback that you put all your eggs in your basket, which that's also a critique, but... Simply put, you did put all your eggs in one basket. I'm not sure if that was a Satterfield thing, a rule thing. They brought their heads together. Either way, they got it wrong. And with all that in mind, I can't say that he deserves to be gone after one year. I'm far from sold on him. He's the assistant or coordinator that I am least sold on at this very point that I'm the, I have the most question marks about. But after one season with all the problems that the offense had with injuries, bad luck, I'm not having a quarterback, essentially. I don't think you can put it on him, and I can't, with a good conscience, say he deserves to be gone after that one year showing. One year is not enough of a sample size for a coordinator to say he can't cut it. Oh, and I'll say this, Cranach, you jump in on this, too. We've had uh, several in the stream jump in on, on Satterfield at 7.58 Central Standard Time. And, listen, you had to play your backup quarterback – because your first quarterback was a whiff. And then you've had to play your third-team quarterback, who at times looked like your best quarterback. And he was injured at different points of the year in Chubba Purdy. Now, I'll say that that Satterfield did adapt a little bit uh, with the help of T.O. And thank God he's around to to pick his brain uh, for for a lot of reasons. But – you saw some option game implemented and until defenses figured that out, it worked well as part of your win streak. I mean, your, your second team quarterback that uh, isn't your, your primary guy was your start was one of your go-to H backs came in and, and helped get five wins for you and then play some pretty physical football. The option never looked vintage, but at least you had some quarterback run, element and that's how you you won against purdue that's how you beat northwestern that's how you beat illinois and one team's going bowling maybe illinois gets bowling uh so your your real surprise 
moment and bounce back win of this season was Illinois. And that was your backup quarterback. He got ready uh, against uh, a Brett Bielema defense. So we'll get to your stream comments. Keep those coming. But it's an incomplete look uh, at this quarterback spot. Yeah, there's there's plenty of turnovers to zero in on. And uh, just from a decision-making and a, and a play-calling standpoint, and a timing of said play calling is we can absolutely discuss that because it's it's got to be better. But eventually you get the guy in there that is going to be clutch for you in those fourth quarter moments and takes care of the football. And uh, if, if it comes down to decision making and uh, the player you have to, to go make those plays, that that makes an OC's job a lot easier. But, yeah, there's a history of either having the wrong guy that's turnover prone, pulling the trigger at quarterback, or, or it is a, a, a sadder field uh, more than a trend. It, it's, it's a way of life with turnovers that you just got to survive on offense. And that's not going to do anything but uh, wear you down in the Big Ten and keep you from what you have to do in the Big Ten, and that's when one-score ball games. Nebraska one in five this year. Listen, and Jeff Sims was was a was a misfire. I, and I, who can predict, by the way, that somebody would have that frequent of a turnover issue? Well, his history his history said that he was good for a lot of turnovers. Yeah, but true. I know. To that and I think we're saying a lot of buts. And I think we're saying a lot of buts, right? It's like, yeah, but. Yeah, but like, hopefully That's Nebraska a- gets to the point where we can ax those things. We can ax the the butts. Because fact is, Elijah's alluded to it, but at South Carolina, his last two years, Satterfield led the conference in turnovers. Just straight up. He, oh, there we go. Walter Donnelly in the stream says Satterfield two seasons at South Kalakity. Kal- yeah, I guess that's Kakalaki. Kakalaki. <laughs> Kakalaki. South Kakali, they turned it over 51 times last two seasons. Um, so that's a lot. It's a lot. But I don't think it's a serious conversation. I don't think it's a serious conversation to have right now with Fire Satterfield. When Rule just a week ago was at the podium saying, I'm not firing any of my coaches. Yeah. So it's it's not a serious conversation. We're just like, what are we even talking about? Well, 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 one of the things we talked about when Matt, when Matt Rule got hired and put together his staff was that yeah. Matt Rule, not only does he develop his talent, he develops his coaching staff. Well, and you, you can't yeah. have a developmental mindset within your coaching staff as well if you're firing people after one year. You have to give them a chance to, I think, readjust and improve. This is Marcus Satterfield's first year in the Big Ten as well. Mm-hmm. Like, and we, we've talked about that plenty. The adjustment period it takes once you get to the Big Ten. This is also Satterfield's first year in the Big Ten. There's going to be an adjustment period for him. There's going to be an adjustment period for Rule. They're going to go back and watch year one. They're going to readjust. I'm sure they're going to change what the offense looks like. I'm sure they're going to go in. Kind of what I said last night to end the, the, the Real Red Reaction show with what Hoiberg had to do with Nebraska basketball. He had to adjust what he's, his plan was for the Big Ten. He had to adjust how he wanted to do it. He had to eventually make some changes to the coaching staff. But he had to really readjust what he wanted to do with his rebuild vision. It took him a couple years to get it right. And, and I think you have to extend the same grace, if you will, to Marcus Satterfield because of what Matt Rule said coming into this, that, you know what, I'm going to be here to develop coaches and players in the same way. And, and, and to not give a guy a chance to come back from one year of mistakes. And 
I think there were a lot of mistakes from Marcus Satterfield in year one. Don't get me wrong. But I think you have to give a guy a chance to come back from that and readjust and retool him because you're paying him a lot of money. And Matt Rule does apparently have a lot of confidence in Marcus Satterfield. So it's a, of course, this is the, the first show of the offseason. This is where we're going to Marcus Satterfield. It's going to be a question all offseason long. This is going to persist. But, it's, it, it, but it shouldn't is what I'm saying. Like I, feeding into it is ridiculous when it, it, it's clear as day, right? Coach Rule, unless Coach Rule's lying, I don't think he is. Um, he stood on the podium. Sorry, the lectern. There's a difference between a lectern and a podium, as you will, as you will, as Twitter will let you know. Um, but there's there's rule just saying point blank. I'm not firing any of my coaches. You got, how how well has that worked out around here, right? Like he literally said that. Put that back on the back on the the ether or the the ether that would even suggest such a thing, right? He's like, how's that worked out for you? Yeah, it hasn't. I'm not doing that. So why, so why the hell are we? We're not, I'm not. I'm not spending it a whole offseason talking. No, and no way. And, and, and <laughs> we, we brought it up because I, we brought it up because out of the gate, that is straight up. That's 50, the comments. Fifty percent yeah. of the comments right now, yeah, and, yeah. and you've got yeah. you've got our old boy Kevin down in Texas. Emailed in Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Embrace the pain, uh, <laughs> Nebraska fans. You've had to embrace a lot of pain over the last couple of staffs in this first year and I thought Dolman nailed it last night with there's been such a build-up to this season how all the bad was going to go away because you've got a new head coach that's shown the ability to fix and, and he showed quite a bit of fixes this year it, it but to his point two things can be true I love the direction I hate yeah. the results and that's just something that's hard to take right now. Brandon Vogel is with us. Love checking in on Saturday mornings with Vogues. That's so crazy that Brandon is wearing a fire Satterfield hat. How well, is no. That, how is no. that even? Is that what that says? No, I'm just kidding. He is, he, he is, he is kidding. Counterread.com is where you read Brandon Vogel, Aaron Sorensen. Vogues, we'll get to all of it, but not a, not a great day for Nebraska. Yesterday, the Iowa nightmare, the – Tough uh, showdown in in Madison with Nebraska volleyball, and then an overtime heartbreak against Stanford with uh, with soccer. But we'll start with football. And what did you see yesterday? Uh, any okay takeaways? And uh, how did you take the what the hell moments? Um, what I saw was what happens if you ask AI to generate an Iowa Nebraska game from 2015 <laughs> to 2022, um, grabbed, grabbed the long touchdown pass from, from Nebraska last year, grabbed a couple of blocked kicks that have been sprinkled in. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of Nebraska turnovers to model. I mean, that's what it was, right? Like I'm, I'm struggling to find the, the right analogy here, but it's just Iowa it's Nebraska is it's like Nebraska is in recovery. Iowa's been sober for 20 years. That's the difference between these. That's the difference between these two programs right now. And, and, and I think Nebraska knows where it's going, but they're, they're just, they're just not quite there yet. So that's, that's what I saw. Yeah. That, that's getting Jesus. clipped and going on Twitter, Brandon. That's going to be up on Twitter before noon. That is that's too good. <laughs> you asked AI. To <laughs> it went so according to script. Oh my God. That is uh 
Oh, if this is going to be the off season, I'm here for it. I'm, I'm glad uh, <laughs> that's that's a much better conversation than uh, than a fire Satterfield conversation. And not to defend the guy, maybe one day he'll get fired. I don't know, but it is going to be this year. Cranach, <laughs> that tone wasn't good. Well, maybe one day. <laughs> It'd be very unfortunate if something happened to them. But you know, no, I, he's getting money. He's taken care of. <laughs> oh, we're going Kirby right wants- back to the uh, the mafia analogy, huh? Yeah, yeah, I'm just saying. You know, Gertie wants to go to the sports book apparently this morning. Do you know uh, if Marcus Satterfield's into model trains? <laughs> Bobby. <laughs> wow. Uh, okay. I, I. It's not a serious conversation though. Right now, it's not a serious conversation it, because it's. I mean, Rule just said he's not doing it. So let's yeah, go yeah. out. Maybe, I mean, maybe change, that, that, change, change the hashtag, Brandon, to apply pressure on Satterfield to produce better <laughs> offense or something. Like, maybe that's too long. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of where I'm at, too, just two weeks ago. I mean, as you guys were talking about, like, he's like, what? I mean, and how he put it, too, was like, what are we going to do? We're going to start over a new scheme next year after, like, whatever, you know, the record wasn't quite what anybody wanted it to be. The offense limited by injuries, all acknowledged. That's the that's the built in disclaimer. But still, you'd expect them to have a little bit more success sporadically, at least. Um, and rules just like no, like <laughs> why reset the clock on on whatever it is we got done, um, which you know may not have been apparent on the field all that often, but something was happening behind the scenes, whether it was good or bad. I guess we'll we'll find out, you know. And we're. It's it's another frustrating end to a Nebraska season. We're off into the off season. We're already seeing it now. Like, if you want numbers that prove the point one way, you'll find them. If you want numbers that prove the point the other way, you'll find them. Just saw a tweet about Sarkeesian being five and seven, first year at Texas. Um, Mike Norvell early at, at Florida State, which is probably a better example for a guy coming from the AAC. Um, and where Florida's the mountain or not the mountain, the hill Florida State had to climb to, to get back to where it is right now. Yeah, Mike Michael Jordan didn't make his, his varsity team as a sophomore. <laughs> you know, sometimes the comeback is, you know, you want to be there for it. That's all. Hmm. Nebraska is Michael Jordan. You heard it. <laughs> but they wear Adidas. Michael Jordan wanted to wear Adidas, but Ben Affleck worked his tail off to, <laughs> to convince him otherwise. The parallels between Jordan and Nebraska are striking, Candy. Brandon. I'm just I'm glad we're finally having this conversation. Great movie. A lot of people were saying it. A lot of people were saying it after yesterday. Error. <laughs> error. Not error. Error. <laughs> oh, that's what they were saying. We missed that second <laughs> syllable. Uh, error, hey, error. Hey, hey, by the way, by the way, for all this for all this crap uh, that everybody's giving Satterfield, Nebraska ends the season twelve games. A very nice. There's no point anything. It's just a nice whole number here. Nebraska ends up averaging eighteen points a game, which, if you're Kase Tomonaga, is fantastic. I mean, what a great <laughs> season he's having. But for an entire football team, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to get it done. Eighteen points. Against um, this is great. Against Power Five, fifteen point three points a game. It's a lot to ask your defense. Uh, yeah, yep. In November, thirteen and a half points a game. Bigger Which stands to reason because every score was thirteen to ten, pretty much. So yeah. Well, and well, think like, about think about the fact too, where 
you're averaging 13, and you're going minus two. <laughs> you're going minus two or minus three in, and, in turnovers. And there's, so many, oh. there's so many depressing offensive statistics from this season, but the one that, that is getting me is Nebraska failed to register a 1,000-yard passer or a 500-yard rusher. And I remember that being one of the preseason topics. What's a healthy rushing statistic? And I think – we said one of the running backs had 1,000, one of them at 500, one of them at 250. That's what we came in with. Like, that'd be a healthy rushing statistic. Yet again, it's the quarterback leading Nebraska in rushing in Heinrich Harburg with 477 yards. Nebraska fails to get a 500-yard rusher. And worse than that, they fail to get a 500-yard passer. They get 967 with Heinrich Harburg, not even a 1,000-yard passer, which in modern college football is impressively difficult to do, I think, to not have a 1,000-yard passer on your roster. Here's here's an offensive stat for you. Uh, <clears throat> Nebraska finished with the exact same point total as Iowa after 12 games. But there, but so Iowa's offense it? sucks. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, realistically, like to the point of why is Iowa sitting there at ten and two? Why is Nebraska five and seven? For as good as Nebraska's defense was, and it, it gave this this offense like every opportunity. Uh, it, it gave up. I was only giving up 146 points this year. Nebraska's at 219. It finished the year minus three in, in points. Yeah. So five and seven, eh, it's, it's about right. Vogues, I want to ask you, Brandon Vogel with his counter read, counterread.com. They had a, a great Black Friday special. Uh, can log on, find out more with counter read. But Vogues, uh, and we had the question from the other Dave. What are the chances that Nebraska can still get to a, a bowl game as a five-win team? What's your thought on that? And would you take one more game? You as a Nebraska fan out there, check in on the stream. Do you want one more game? Are you ready to go to bed? And let's talk spring football after recruiting and the portal. Talk to me about this 5-7 and seven Mike Riley 2.0 opportunity. What? <laughs> What does Nebraska face? Yeah, I haven't hadn't haven't done my tally yet. I was waiting for. I was kind of like, well, well just wait for today and, and and see how this thing how this thing shakes out, rather than try and project it. I think Nebraska would take the opportunity. Um, oh, yeah. I guess I'd be surprised if they wouldn't. Um, you know, I don't even know if it, not that I've seen. I don't think rules even been asked about it, but. Uh, I, I'd be surprised if in a year one scenario they give up those practices. Um, but it's it's different now than it was in 2015 with with the the portal. And I mean, boy, that just kind of sent me down uh, down into a, a space thinking about like, oh yeah, last time Nebraska went to a bowl game, like it was barely a thing of like your players not wanting to play in that. Um, it's been that long, but. I think they would take one if 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 it shook out that some five and seven teams were eligible. I think, and it seems like a long shot, obviously, but could happen. Could happen, and maybe after today we'll know a little bit more. I want to go back real quick and talk about this um, this thought that Nebraska having a running quarterback be such a prominent part of their offense cannot work. And that, it's a, it's an it's an interesting one, be, and I N- Nebraska seems to and this goes through coaches for whatever reason nebraska seems to favor the mobile quarterback more than most programs on earth fair i don't know why but right like you can name zach lee and tanner lee pretty much if you're nas 
yeah, first name Zach, last name Lee. One of those two things, you're not going to be a running quarterback. <laughs> Everything else, uh, everyone else is going to be. Well, Nebraska needs the best of both worlds. They need to go find a kid named Zach Martinez. Yeah, wouldn't that be great? <laughs> That'd be perfect. Uh, so Martinez equals really, really fast runners. I get it. Um, but, you know, even watching the the Alabama LSU game, that, that game was totally different. That brought an entirely different element because of the running quarterback. You look at right now the SEC conference leaders, Jaden Daniels, very special player, obviously. But 1,000-yard th- rusher, he's second in the conference in rushing, Right. Milrow is down like 21st, but it's because they didn't really let him free too often until more recently. Um, I I guess what I'm getting at is, is it okay to be that team in the Big Ten to just favor that? To be like, hey, we're going to have a running quarterback. That is a core part of our program. It is an additional plus one in the run game, and we're just going with it. I think it's... um... Everybody wants a, a threat back there. You want a functional runner. Um, you can't, I, I don't think you want to be in a spot where your quarterback just at the start of the season, you're just like, yeah, that's that's Nebraska's leading rusher because that's always Nebraska's leading rusher over basically the past decade. Mm-hmm. Like, I do not think that's that's where you want to be. I mean, let's just run down, down the playoff teams off the top of our head. Georgia, no. You said Alabama, no. Michigan, no. Ohio State, no. Washington, no. Playoff contenders. Um, Oregon, no. In a lot of ways, I think Bo Nix is kind of the guy that they they would – like if you could just choose anyone, it's Bo Nix. He had some, he had some years where I think he rushed for maybe three, 400 yards uh, during the Auburn years. I don't know where, he, where he's been at at Oregon because he just completes like 88% of his passes, so why even bother? Um, you know, putting him at risk, but he's a guy who who can run, who can be a threat there. But his primary attribute is his ability to operate the offense and make the throws. I think that's what everybody's looking for. But for Nebraska, to your point, Mark, it it would represent um quite a bit of a change um, when you just look at how often Nebraska's had to lean on that QB run game. Yeah, and it just feels like even the more prominent programs and Elijah, jump in after this. Well, I've, I've done some here, research just... and I've found a Zachary Martinez quarterback from Santa Fe, New Mexico. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, <laughs> so, so thank, thank you. Yeah. But, but I mean, I I feel like I'm just seeing a, a, a broader acceptance of having a running quarterback, even at those traditional big SEC schools, even at Alabama, even at LSU. I mean, LSU depended on it. Um, so it's interesting to me. It's a, I, I'm just not sure that it's something you need to completely rule out. And I think it's a potential differentiator for Nebraska in a, in a conference that clearly has a lot of similarities. You got to set yourself apart somehow. And that one seems to just kind of fit Nebraska, but go ahead, Elijah. Sorry. Oh, no, I, I got my two cents in Zachary Martinez quarterback from Santa Fe, New Mexico, 2000 passing yards, a senior season, 20 That's interceptions, too many, too many, 20 get them out of here. Nine yeah. interceptions. I mean, not even recruiting services. I, I all I'm saying, all I'm saying, he's got a name for a Husker quarterback. Here's here's what I'm saying about the the quarterback run part of things. I I would like it as part of the offense just because of the stress it causes on a defense. Now that being said, you gotta you gotta go find a dude that that stays healthy, and that's easier said than done. And can we ask you as much as we 
can say the O-line improved and we can look at numbers and say that they were tops in rushing in the Big Ten. All those things are great. But as the offensive line, this isn't hammering or asking to fire anybody. I'm just telling you what it is. And you don't have an offensive line that's dominant enough right now in run blocking to, to line up and get you four or two on fourth and two. So if you can't just straight up hand it off to a stud eye back or two or three with a great offensive line, then you better damn well sure have a quarterback that can add to the run game option. You need both options, I think, Vogues, if, if you're going to want to be a little bit different in, in the Big Ten or a threat on offense. Now, I don't know what to tell you because the, the dual threat quarterbacks – uh, tend to, to be turnover prone historically at Nebraska. Yeah, I mean, I think the offensive line is part of that. And, you know, I was thinking about this prior to the Iowa game. If you had to name a offensive assistant coach MVP, who are you going with this year? Might be Raiola. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, but, but, but to your point, yeah, they can't just line up and get those four yards consistently, but this year in particular, and again, injuries, asterisks, always noted, like they can't, they can't do like anything where it's like, it's, it's third and five. Now they were very good on third down yesterday, um, which is another reason that Black Friday was particularly black. If you are a Husker fan, I think, um, <clears throat> But they don't right now have that receiver where it's like, okay, it's it's time. Like, we're just going to go to our guy. Um, and you need that. You don't have – even if you did have that guy, you don't have the accuracy at quarterback right now to consistently execute it. Like, um, so all, all those pieces, like, it, the offensive line point, I, I agree. And that's kind of the biggest one that you can just control. Like, if, if you don't have that guy at running back, you're like, hey, man, you please get us five yards like if you've got a really good o-line up front maybe they can bring a uh you know slightly above average running back to that point but it's uh they just they need they need an upgrade at skill talent i think um in in the offseason and maybe that's coming through guys that they've already recruited like that's that's a real possibility i'll be real interested to see what happens in the portal how active they are but i think moving to 2024 now i O-line was, was mildly encouraging, I think, by the time mm-hmm. we got to the end of the year. Pass protection in particular, right? I just think if you took a snapshot today versus a snapshot a year ago of the offensive line's pass protection, and maybe that's as simple as Prohaska coming in, which, which would have allowed Corcoran to slide down even though he's been out. Um, but, yeah, it got better. Like, just straight up, it got better. Mm-hmm. On the skill position side of things, I it's a, it's a good point because – I you you just look at and and maybe that's the kind of the Big Ten West problem, right? Mm-hmm. Like when you boil it down, everybody, it's it's the lack of that. It's why Braylon yeah. Allen, someone like Braylon Allen, sticks out so much, and we all know his name is because he's wow, that's actually an above average skill position player, like that could make the NFL. Wow. Mm-hmm. Whereas like you look at, around the rest of the conference and and the rest of the West. And then Nebraska's like nobody from this team offensively is making the NFL. Are they like this year? They're not doing it. I'm not saying it will never happen. Malachi, maybe one day. Right. Mm-hmm. But from this team, who, who is. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I don't think that I, and, and you're right. Like it is kind of the West's problem, I think, uniquely. And it's going to impact Iowa. It's going to impact Wisconsin. Um, you just look at this with with those teams coming in from the Pac-12 and they're going to have like it's it's not going to be, you yeah. know, Washington is just going to come in and do what they do. Oregon, maybe. Um, UCLA, I think, in some ways is well suited and, and USC boy uh we'll see but um like talked about this on our post game video last night on our on our youtube channel just quickly but if you you look at that like kind of the <laughs> one of the things that will last with me this season is is nebraska got to a point where it could be in these kind of ugly uh big 10 games didn't win any of the last four um as as we're well aware but that's gone now. So, like, if you're if you're finally at a point where you're like, yeah, we can we can slug it out with a Wisconsin, with an Iowa, um, it, on their terms, that's great. But that now makes you what the sixth best team in the league. <laughs> yeah. How about Scott in the stream? By the way, Sims won't make the NFL. Just... <laughs> Apparently not. Apparently Scott not. Scott uh, loved the top rope attack. Even though smoke. Coach Rule, even though Coach Rule called him a Sunday guy leading into this year, maybe he was talking about church. Maybe he was talking about church. It's possible. <laughs> That's a tough one. You know, they uh, they obviously thought like this is their guy that is is going to be able to run what we want to do. And yeah, you were making an upside pick. Like we 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 knew about some of the limitations coming in. Um, that said, like he played so little, like his number of turnovers on this year are just like whatever. Um, it's just like <laughs> throw that away. Like it's like losing 12, 12 straight coin flips. Like it can happen, but um, not supposed rare. to. I hope Most. I hope Rule learned a lesson there. By the way, I think he did. Right, like you, you are going to have plenty of pressure as it is at quarterback. You don't need to peg a guy as a Sunday guy to just juice everybody up to expect the world. And then he rolls in and he, he didn't set up Jeff's too nicely there. Well, but Jeff will make a great linebacker. I believe that. Uh, well, Brett, Brett, and quickly, let's talk about the quarterback position. Let's talk about the portal options here because the portal is going to get hot and heavy here in about the next week as season ends, the, the early signing day approaching guys are going to get their name into the portal. A discussion we've had on this show is Nebraska. It, it's not a question of if, with the portal quarterback. They're going to go get a portal quarterback. The question is, do they go get one? Do they go get two? What What is your take on this situation? Do you do you limit what you can get in the portal if you try to go after two guys? But then the flip side being, do you put all your eggs in one basket if you only go get one guy like they did with Jeff Sims? What do you think the right answer is at the portal? And I think the realistic answer is probably it depends who is out there. But as you foresee it right now, do you think Nebraska goes after one? Do you think they go after two? Because... Based on what I saw this year, I think Nebraska does need an entirely new quarterback room once the season begins next year. Yeah, I think I think one is what would make the most sense. Now, you know, as we saw um, in in the Big Ten West this past off season, like Wisconsin brought in what three. Now that was a year one scenario that might be a little bit different. Like the big one that worked out was was Illinois with Altmeyer, who was, you know, pretty, he looked like a, a first year starter. Um, but by the end of the year, by today, like he's, he's playing pretty good football and, Oh, they also brought in like a very accomplished starter from ball state. Now it so happened that he, his great grandfather, grandfather and uncle all played at Illinois. Like he, 
<laughs> if you can find that guy out there, um, great. Who's just going to come to? He walked on as a transfer and, and played wow. great in two games. Um, John Paddock. It was it was a, it was a great story for the past couple of weeks. Um, I think, but I think I think one to start, and you know, it depends, I guess, on how they honestly feel about the upside of of Purdy after two games, like. Speaking of rough off seasons, I know Husker fans are feeling it, but uh, imagine Purdy playing pretty well in his two starts and both of them ending on an interception. Um, <laughs> rough, rough way to go out. I, I think in terms of the portal in general, and I'm planning to write about this as we get into it, like particularly at a place like Nebraska, like if you're Florida State, you can get a Coleman to come in and be a freak wide receiver. Obviously, you take it and do it, but anybody could have like seen that. I'm a big fan of those players coming up. Guys that have been very good at G5 or even FCS. I mean, we've seen successes here with hmm. Maury Turi. I would call Omar Brown that after the season he just had. Um, I think that's the way to go rather than the other way of, um, well, yeah, this guy used to be at Alabama. Didn't work out, but Alabama's loaded, right? Um, hmm. You know, yeah. and it's not that that can't, it's not that that can't work, but – I just kind of look at it as like find those find those guys who are having success already. Um, that's how I would do it if if at quarterback or really at any other position. The good news is with the portal. Sorry, one last point is Nebraska. I think is pretty well set on the O line, which if you don't have to be in the O line marketplace or if you can be really really selective, um, you're in a good spot, and uh, you don't want to be Colorado. Let's put it that way. And Brendan, no. I mean, Oregon State proved it last offseason. You can find the best of both worlds in terms of a guy that finds success and was at Clemson. How the hell did Oregon State play yeah. that one? And how the hell did the entire country just think that DJ was, like, some not worthwhile starting quarterback? Like, it's not like He had some awesome throws last night. They got whacked. But, I mean, he's he's a good ball player. Yeah. And, uh, I mean... Well, Oregon State really, really impressive over the past couple of. I mean, smart, smart for him for a guy who was at Clemson to go all like almost as far across the country as you can go from from Clemson um, to an Oregon State like recognizing a good situation. Um, smart move on his part. Smart move on their part to to kind of see the value there. Um, and now they might lose their coach to Michigan State. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's, mm, I. I wonder, too, at quarterback, how much it'll change now that NIL has settled a little bit or you've kind of been through a cycle anyways. Um, you know, I wonder how that might affect things, too, with quarterbacks understanding kind of what they're worth, quarterbacks putting their name out there, and then Nebraska's ability to give them what they want. Uh, and what does that do to the dynamic in the room already, right? Yeah, here comes Johnny, $2 million a year guy, right? I've been here the yeah. whole time getting my ass kicked. I get... I get 200 grand. What's going on? You know, uh, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting how that's, uh, how that could shake out. It feels like Nebraska will be well positioned though, to compete in that market. Fair. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Um, the, the need should be apparent, um, as, as people are out there, uh, as quarterbacks are out there kind of <laughs> waiting for the offers to roll in. Brandon, before we get you out of here, as we have Gary Sharp standing by in the green room, can you, sum up the 2023 season in a word or a phrase. I saw this out there on Twitter last night, and I want to get your take. A word or a phrase that describes the 2023 season. How will we look back on this season, maybe a year from now, maybe five years from now? I've got one. Um, Go for it. 
Uh, it starts with an F as I was sitting next to our <laughs> dear friend, Scott, 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 loyal listeners sitting next to me at the bar, the bar. And as soon as the pick happened, I mean, we're talking a Joe Pesci tribute of just 17 of them in a row. And it, they escalated in different tones and force uh, saying that word after the interception. Failure. And was that it? As well? No, in that the F word? no. <laughs> <laughs> Rhymes with puck, and uh, he, uh, just to hear, and I wasn't laughing at him or his misery, but I just turned, and, and he absolutely represented all of Nebraska in that moment. But to be frank, I mean, were you guys not expecting something bad to happen? Yeah, it's all our fault. We managed- no, I'm, I'm, I'm saying no, you're right, seen though, it, you've, seen, you've seen it enough where yeah. you're, you're sitting there saying, okay, they had – the ball at the 50, it didn't happen. They got an interception. Yeah. Okay. Well, here's the they're thing. They're going to play with fire here, and this meth lab is going to explode versus just figuring out a way to to fix it and 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 and, and win. There's just – it just went the wrong way, and you knew it was going to happen. Something bad was going to happen despite Tommy Hill's best up. It just felt to me when I saw the interception at 40 seconds left, I was like, oh, they're going to find a way to lose this in overtime. I didn't think they'd find a way to lose it in regulation. <laughs> That's what was they, themselves. Yeah. I mean, the, the surprising thing to me about that last play was that I, I really thought Iowa would somehow find a way for the punter to intercept it instead of a defensive <laughs> tackle. Um No, I mean, that's like the word I would choose. And it's a little bit of uh, trying to manifest something, I think, this offseason. But it's also what I would choose. I I would go with different. I would go with different. You would go with what? What's the word again, Brady? Sorry. I would go with different because, Uh like, we can look at this and we can all agree that not surprised to see that happen but i think the really important thing at least how i'm approaching it is like all those one score losses the turnovers all that stuff like even though it feels like just a continuation of the nebraska that we've seen like we really need to treat it as like that's this staff's that was this staff's first year um it may have looked like all the years that came before it but I really do think, like, when Matt Rule said this week, you know, if you did an autopsy of the program, which, not to be word police, but that means the program's dead. I knew what he was saying. If you took an autopsy, you would see a healthy, you would see a healthy program, um, a healthy but dead program. But, but I get it. Like, the point is, I have organ donation. Capable of organ donation. Yeah. Be like, oh, these, these kidneys are. Um, <laughs> I, do think, I do think Nebraska's kidneys and all of its other organs are in good shape. That's, I guess, uh, to continue the analogy. Yeah, the, if, fans are, the fans' kidneys are not, however. If you, uh, <laughs> if you cut open a, a person in an autopsy and they have healthy organs, that's an organ donor. That's what that is. Yeah, like, right, right. That's yeah. all this is. That's all this huh. is. <laughs> I didn't think about it that way. That's... So, maybe... <laughs> So in the offseason, Nebraska needs to work on its turnovers and uh, Rule needs to work on his analogies. And somebody somebody in the stream, who was it? <laughs> if you scroll, <laughs> scroll up in the no, – not that one. Not that one. The one about, the one about Rule's Fu Manchu. <laughs> somebody put in there something about his Fu Manchu. Well, did you guys see – and I want to bring in Gary that? for this. Did you guys see that, that Rule yeah. did not have the Fu Manchu going pregame? 
He was out yes. there for pregame warm-ups, and there was no Fu Manchu. He shaved that at some point when he was at the stadium. And I'm what? not sure if you guys noticed or not. Evan Cooper no. had the same look going on. So I'm not sure what that was what was going on with the Fu Manchu look, but Oh man, that was like their equivalent of like shaving your head in the mid nineties before steroids and, and going out to dominate. Oh my god. Wow. What? What? Don't tell no, me they I'm... weren't on steroids. Some of them. Whoa. Some of them. I know. Gary's sitting over there like, no. No, I'm not saying no, but I'm saying, whoa, that's awful early to go with the steroid route. Well, listen, it's it's been 30 years already. Like, we can say that. And for those listening and not watching, Gary Sharp has checked in on the Saturday morning edition of Hail Varsity yeah. Radio. Gary, good morning to you. Hey, good morning, boys. How are we doing it's, today? It's oh, so How was our it's night not... last night? How are our social media mentions last night? We uh, we did time last night uh, with post-game Sharpie, you know, the feeling. And uh, Elijah and I just kind of nodded and... He went to bed, uh, crashed out early and caught up with uh, the wife and just went to bed. And we both feel pretty good today, but nothing's changed. There's still venom and anger, and I get it uh, this morning, bright and early, uh, with, with how things shook out yesterday. Yeah, I, I, don't think, I don't think we're in the business of fan policing. People care. No. People care, yeah, yeah, and, and, exactly. and you let them vent after a game like that that looked all too familiar. So – let it let it rip. I think there's a you guys were just talking about and this will be a popular discussion of is year one a success or disappointment. It's not a failure. That's the wrong word to use. I, I think at the end of the day, as I wake up this morning and I think about the season, um, this season caught up to Nebraska. I, I think we got caught up in October where they went on a run. They started to have some momentum, which this program has has desperately lacked is any momentum or seizing opportunities. And, you know, it just, we were, we were hoping for the best and what they have, it caught up to them in the month of November. Now that doesn't discount that they had opportunities, but at the end of the day, Nebraska, Nebraska showed you exactly who they are in 2023, a five and seven team with a lot of warts, that somehow they were able to cover up, but when the quarterbacks got better or the pressure ramped up or the run defense got better, then Nebraska really, they really kind of, they showed their cards and they don't have a lot of cards Mm. and thus you lose the last four. But I will tell you this, I think the biggest thing, and I know Brandon and, and Aaron and Brady will write about this and we'll all talk about this, is if you want to sit here on Saturday after they lose to Iowa and say, was this year a success? Was it a disappointment? I think you can do that, but I think it's too layered. Guys, I think the response to this season is the biggest thing that will help this program moving forward because they've all been through it now. They know what has ailed this program. They know what the roster is. So what is your response beginning with retention on your roster, additions on your roster, and being able to develop without those extra 15 practices, which this program has missed out on 105 over the last seven years. So to me – the bigger thing is the one thing that this staff can control after this year that doesn't end in a bowl game is their response. How do you address the issues that are at hand? Because I think you were good off the field. I think, man, there's some red flags of on the field in game that this staff really needs to take a deep look in the mirror. 
Gary Sharp is with us, the Iron Horse. Vogues, we'll let you sneak out, but tell us about Counter Reed here real quick, partner, before we say goodbye. Thanks again for jumping in this morning. Yeah, twice twice weekly newsletter. Uh, do a couple of free posts each week as well, so people can get a get a little taste of, of what we're doing over there before, before jumping in the fold if they want. But uh, we don't encourage that. Just jump in two feet. Um, so Aaron Sorens and I covering uh, Nebraska athletics. And as, as Gary mentioned, which I think that was very well put, Gary um, kind of nailed it. Uh, plenty to talk about as we go forward with not just non-football sports, but a lot to dig into on the football front this off season. So thanks a lot for having me on again, guys. Yep. All right, folks, we'll get caught up again. Uh, Sharpie, let's dive into some of the red flags. Uh, as Gertie is saying, <laughs> sports book, sports book, sports book. By the way, Gertie would be uh, – Merry Gertie Christmas. Be, yeah. Gertie, Gertie would be Chris's yeah. dog. Gertie says Michigan minus four and a half. <laughs> Sometimes Chris will say the German yeah. – and I think people are Lay the heat, about, fat man. Yeah, somebody named yeah. Giselle or something hanging out there. Uh, but I don't know if you heard this, Gary, because it was before you joined. So I don't. I, we're not going to presume that you were listening the whole time, because you have your own life. You can't always do that, and we understand that. Thank you, um, Marcus. Yeah, you bet. Brandon, <laughs> Brandon said the season, the game went like as if you asked Chat GPT. <laughs> <laughs> or you ask AI to simulate a Nebraska-Iowa game. That's how it works. And uh, so I literally just asked Chat GPT. Yeah. Um, and this one said Nebraska won 24-21. But I think it's because Chat GPT is only using – well, no, I don't know why they would come up with that. Um, but it's true, isn't it? it? I mean, it was like Nebraska has become a caricature of itself. Like, what – how does that keep happening, Gary? Like, please unpack this. How, what? Uh, what? I, I, it, it's it's got now. You're challenging the law of probability. You're challenging like math and science and law of averages. Like it's been challenged. It defies. <laughs> yeah. Was it? Was it yesterday? Was it yesterday, guys? Two teams that were extremely on brand. Yes. And they're not the same thing. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it, it, that, that's what that game came down to. Yeah, great. They were themselves. Isn't that good? Yeah, well, we all want to be just be yourself. I I think Iowa does a very good job of executing what they can. You know, they don't have a super talented roster, but they do a really good job of executing what they can control. What they control, they're a great run defense. So you kind of made Nebraska one dimensional. So you put a quarterback who has a tendency to stare down wide receivers. You know, he saved it until later in the game at the worst time um, where Nebraska is just I, I, I think yesterday trying to kind of answer your question, Mark. And I don't know if you guys are, are reading this as well. Like we're trying to figure out what has ailed Nebraska with the turnovers and what has prevented them from not going to a bowl for seven straight years, which is absolutely unfathomable that they haven't gone to a bowl game for seven years. Wasn't special teams yesterday a microcosm of where Nebraska football is? Hmm. With the fumble, and, block. Yeah, so I'm going to give you something here. So the wild scenario where they were going to kick a 60-yard field goal into the wind, you have mass miscommunication on the sidelines, which is an issue moving forward. Mm-hmm. You don't have the most important guy on the field yet. Nice lint roller, Schmitty. Um, then you have to burn a timeout, and then 
you get a punter who nails the ball at the one-yard line and Sanford is down there to stop it. That play and really special teams all yesterday with the nation fumble, the blocked field goals, is just a microcosm of Nebraska football. A little bit of good, more bad, and some downright ugly that the end of the day comes back to bite you. It's it's just crazy, the DNA of this program. And we're going to sift through it. And I don't know, you know, I'll throw this out to you guys. Is it coaching or is it simply dudes? Dudes making plays or coaches calling the right play? Well, I'll tell you, I, it, I'd, I'd it, like to think that Tristan Alvano heard the fake play call and overruled it himself and said, I'm not going out there for that. <laughs> that was yeah. hilarious, though, to see the holder out there and no kicker. You're just like, what oh. is happening here? And they had to burn a timeout. You have to burn a lot of those timeouts. I, you know what I'll say, too? If, if we're just going to be just, I don't know, if we're going to give sort of benefit of the doubt, see it for what it is, take emotion out of it, all those things. This year, I think it is uh, more than anything, save for Sims, Sims doesn't count here. Uh, it's just flat-out inexperience, like a ton of it. If you look at who Nebraska had on the field, like Bullock is all of a sudden – Alex Bullock is like all of a sudden the, the veteran grizzled guy. Like what? That guy hardly ever saw the field. Malachi Coleman, first year seeing the field. Jalen Lloyd, first year seeing the field. Thomas Fedoni, people act like he's the second coming. This is the first time he's made it through a damn season. He hasn't even been able to play hardly any snaps. So he's super inexperienced. And you bring in Harburg. Super inexperienced. Chubba Purdy, not very experienced. Like, you just had to, Emmett Johnson, right? I, I mean, Fleeks is like your – he's your – Fleeks and Kemp, two guys that are five foot nothing, are your only dudes with, inex, with experience on that entire offensive uh, operation. And I think you showed. I think you showed. You have a bunch of inexperienced dudes that don't know what they're doing. And that's why we're like, hey, the line wasn't so bad. Well, what do they have? They're freaking experience, right? Like they've, you know, they've been there. They've done that. I guess the question is, Gary, from following recruiting as closely as you always have, I feel like stats-wise, stars-wise, those kinds of things, Nebraska has a pretty solid stable of skill talent. Not a great one, but a solid one. I think the receiving unit could be a a 4 by 100 team. That's a good place to start. Uh, I would tell you, they have a kid that can be a star at wide receiver. Who that? His name is Jalen Lloyd. Okay. Jalen Lloyd can be a star in the Big Ten. He has been essentially a wide receiver for two years. Of the three freshman wide receivers, I'm buying more stock in Jalen Lloyd. Why? 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 and And I'm selling my stock in Malachi Coleman. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're selling it. I'm selling it. Why? Well, let me tell you about Jalen Lloyd. I think Jalen Lloyd is very coachable. You don't have to babysit him, okay? So so he's going to learn, and he's going to go out and do what he's told to do. And you watch him over the last couple of weeks. He hasn't gotten the ball all the time, but look at He has, what, his three touchdowns or 50-plus yards. He runs yeah. the route the way it's supposed to be run, yeah. and he has gotten better at his craft. And he's still young at his craft. I'm yeah. buying all the stock in Jalen Lloyd. I'm selling stock in Malachi Coleman because Malachi Coleman, all plays matter. If you watch him in his cutups, you can tell when the ball's not coming his way. This is a big offseason for Malachi Coleman because for Nebraska to make a step in that wide receiver room, he's an important part of it. But he's got to understand that all plays matter. Now he gets now he gets a lot of credit for his blocking too. So it's kind of it's interesting no, that you're no, saying. No, I'm, I'm going to disagree. Okay, 
He got no. no he, he gets got a, credit for it. No, I didn't no. give it to him. He got a couple. Did. He got a couple of. He got a couple of cutups where he made a big play on the end. But for the last, and I'm going to include this is all of them. It's not just Malachi. They haven't been good the last couple of weeks on perimeter blocking. Yesterday was really really poor when they couldn't run the football, and they could have used perimeter blocking, and they were not very good in that area. And that is tight ends. Like I like guys, and, and this I'll go right back to the wide receivers, but. Man, I just I wanted more out of the tight end room this year. We didn't get more out of the tight end room. I thought they would grow. They kind of stabilized. Um, But back to the wide receivers, Malachi has. It's not spring that is the most important thing to 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 him, in my opinion. It is what they do between now and the start of spring to get him to where he should be because he's got the physical attributes to be a dominant player. But right now, I think Jalen Lloyd is their best young wide receiver. Mm-hmm. And I'm buying stock in Jalen Lloyd because he knows what he's doing. And is he's okay? going to emerge as a star in the Big Ten. It's okay to hold your stock in Malachi, right? Just hold stock. You don't have to sell it. I mean, that means you're giving up. I, 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 I know he's, he's a very nice kid. I just – they need more out of him, and he is not providing that. When, when guys – this whole – they have such a small margin for air. Like I, like they might not even have a margin for error. They need so many things to go right that every play, all sixty plus snaps, they've got to have guys that are dialed in. And I just didn't see that as the season started to go on and he played a little bit more. But there was no other options of hey, you know what, you you, you got to be better. Come on over here and stand next to me. Let's get somebody out there and then we'll put you back into the game. So it's a big, it's a big, it's not just Jalen Lloyd, Malachi Coleman, Mark. It is a big year in the offseason on the offensive side of the ball to figure out the identity because I think Matt Rule is in a place where he wants to be super aggressive, but he can't be aggressive because he has a turnover-prone offense. And now we saw the last two weeks, that's the offense Nebraska wants, guys, taking the big shots downfield. That's the offense that they desire, not this, hey, let's be Iowa and let's run the ball. Yeah, they'd like to run the ball, but I think you saw a glimpse the last two weeks of what they want to do. But They've got to decide on that side of the offensive ball what their identity is if there's still going to be turnovers. But that wide receiver room, it's important. What does Marcus Washington do? What do the young wide receivers do? And what do they do with a young coach that is going to need a year, another year of connecting with his group? Hmm. Gary Sharp. McGuire there, the receivers coach, yeah. who is 17 Gary, years old. Yep. Yeah. Gary Sharp with us here, weekend edition of Hale Varsity. Gary, you nailed uh, something that's really important, and that's the lack of of blocking uh, on the perimeter. How many times did you see tight ends or edge play or those little bubbles get blown up? I mean, the, 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 in, in November, like November, it was non-existent. You didn't have any edge setting. You had receivers get lit up, and I don't think you're you're off when it comes to a, a full look at Malachi Coleman where, all right, dude, can you, can you take these pointers, grow your game? We know that you're a, a freak physical athlete. We know you can burn down field, but that's, that's just one facet of the game. And, and I think to, to push him, they are going to have to find competition, right? And when it comes to being depleted in that receiver room, Their hand was forced to just go with who was healthy. That's why it's big to see Marcus Washington come back. I think he wants Mm -hmm. to come back. I don't know what that availability is. But 
you had one side of the football defensively mm-hmm. where your position coaches and your coordinators were all pretty much studs. I mean, you didn't, you didn't miss there. Your offensive hires this first year, a lot of outcry about Satterfield. You've got McGuire that's young. You got Barthel. You got Riola. You don't have a quarterback's coach, but your quarterback's coach is your coordinator. Um, let's let's go there for a moment with uh, what Nebraska can can do maybe in reassigning. And I'm not saying that they will or they won't, but do you look at getting a quarterback coach? That's been a popular question mark out there. You know, so – I'm pretty confident that rule will not stand pat. And that doesn't mean he's going to fire guys. Right. I, I think, you know, look at the Tony white and his defensive crew did a great job of putting guys in the right position. Mm-hmm. Nebraska offensively, they didn't have, didn't. they didn't have all, all the, the tools time. in the toolbox. And so they had to play with what they had. So I think that also applies to the staff and you know, what, what, what if, what is, what do you want to do? And then who does that best? You know, they'll have a decision to make on a tight end coach um, because, uh, you know, he was not, he was not the tight end coach that you expected. Now, is he going to be the guy moving forward? You know, Marcus Satterfield originally was going to be your tight end OC coach. Does that open a spot on the staff uh, for a quarterback coach? I don't know. I just know that that rule won't stand pat because I think what rule did this year is Remember, he said they're further ahead than his stops at Temple and Baylor. So essentially, yep. next year is the the magical year three. And I, I don't, you know, I, I think his approach, his, the, again, I go back to the response to this season will tell you everything you need to know. Like we say, man, there's some issues on offense, man. Communication, sideline communication was just a complete mess the last couple of weeks. What's their response? And that shows you kind of, I think, the mindset of where Rule looks at the window next year and maybe the following year. But I, I could see him maybe moving some guys around, but I just don't see it in the cards for him to fire, fire someone after right. the first year, especially his offensive coordinator. You know, I'm not saying it couldn't happen, yeah. but I just – I don't think he'll throw Satterfield to the Wolves. He more like might say, we got to cut way down, and then we got to find a quarterback that meets what you want to do. Because Purdy met what I think Satterfield and Rule actually want to do on offense. So why do you think I, it, I, why do you think I, it took like so Purdy, long? Um, do you believe the, the injuries with Purdy? What took so long to see him on the field? Well, I think a little bit of injuries. Um, and I also think, you know, sometimes Purdy is a little bit of a gunslinger. Um, you know, not, not running the exact play that was called. So there's yeah. that trust factor. Um, yeah. And, you know, here, here's the thing. Purdy doesn't get on the field if... They don't have an injury. You know, Rule wasn't pulling guys this year because of performance. They were because of injury. And his injury was, you know, a groin. And, you know, I almost think about watching the game yesterday. I'm like, man, he's looked pretty good for a guy that's going to have to have, quote, unquote, surgery on his groin. But, but here's the thing about Purdy, guys. He, you know, when, when he had to make third down passes yesterday, he did. Nebraska couldn't run the ball. Iowa was too good run defense. You know, yep. Uh, Iowa, Nebraska's approach running the ball yesterday was to take a take an advantage of they get would get Iowa out of position and then be able to to break one. Their biggest run was a scramble of 14 yards by Purdy. Purdy was really good on third down. Look at the six. So they converted. They were eight of 17 on third down. He completed yeah. six passes on third down. Yeah. And usually they were big boy passes. Mm-hmm. So it's across the, the it's, field, yeah. deep outs from it's, across it's the field. The hitter, it's a yeah. hit or miss with Purdy, but. Yeah. 
with what they want to do offensively, in my mind, moving forward, and we'll see the response by what the quarterbacks look like that arrive at Nebraska. I mean, do we think that Purdy's coming back? He, he politely declined not to talk to the media. He did reveal, when we all thought it was May, he did reveal that he's going to graduate next month. I think his brain, uh, I, I think his last couple of weeks has completely changed up everything that was or was not. He, I, I bet you he really doesn't know right now. Well, and, right? I, the problem with it being, I'm sure Purdy yeah. wants to be a starting quarterback, and I'm sure any quarterback within the program hears the fans and can see the writing on the wall that their performance wasn't good enough this year, and therefore you're, the yeah. staff goes to the portal. Yeah, I Well, it's funny. Look, Nebraska is going to go into the portal. I think we can all be very confident in saying that. The question is, are you going to bring it or do, will you actually bring in somebody who is a no brainer starter over Chuba? That, that's the question, right? Well, I, do me a favor and evaluate the right guy. So bring what? somebody in that can go win the job or make it a competition. That, well, of course. But I'm just saying, like, what is the likelihood? Because I think Nebraska will probably bring in a Chuba like transfer. Yeah. Right. I, right? I, I, I think that's the type of dude you're yeah, going to get. I don't think you're we're, getting a Daniels. I don't think you're getting a, a K, uh, Caleb Williams level quarterback, right? No, I think you're I, bringing I, in a guy that's got potential and you hope it works. I agree with you. You know, Will Rogers is the latest to go into the portal. I don't think Nebraska will get a quarterback. Now they're, they're, they're equipped. You ain't getting to Justin get one. Fields. Yeah. You they're not Justin Fields. They're not going to get like a, Oh my gosh, but here's the quarterback in my opinion that Nebraska needs to get. So I think they need to get two. I would like an older guy and a younger guy, but I don't want the older guy to have one year of eligibility. I want him to have two years of eligibility, and I, I just need two things out of him. Okay, One, I need him to be able to play quarterback. Yes, that's a given. I need that person to be vetted and that they are mentally prepared to be the quarterback at the University of Nebraska because this yeah. place is like any other place when it comes to quarterbacks, and it'll take you through the ringer. So mentally, you got to be pretty damn strong Okay, Define between years. And then Define I'm going to give you, I'm gonna give you another yeah. one, guys. This is, this is just my observation. They need a personality in a quarterback that is completely different from Marcus Satterfield. I think Marcus Satterfield is a very nice guy, but if you compare him to Tony White in terms of personality from an alpha to a non-alpha, I think on the offensive side of the ball at quarterback, the next guy that's quarterback in 2024 needs to be a, just a, a, a dog. Okay, and he needs to be somebody you're afraid of that is a baller that also exudes leadership, doesn't say, hey, I'm the quarterback. Come follow me, says, guys, you follow me because I'm going to go do it. That's what Nebraska needs moving forward is a guy that is a big time alpha that's going to have leadership, that's going to get everybody going in the right direction and then mentally is extremely strong to handle the ups and downs of playing quarterback at the University of Nebraska. Hmm. Yeah, it, and you're asking a lot. I know, <laughs> I, I know, but that's not comes an easy in. guy to find. So, so the, again, I go back to the response. Some might say the way this staff brought in Jeff Sims, that's a red flag. Okay, you get a mulligan. You can't do that again. It's going to take a lot of vetting to get that kind of guy on campus because for this team, for what they have as a foundation for 24, that's what I believe they need at that position to move forward because we can say all these one-loss games and it comes down to coaching – yeah, there are major coaching decisions that go on every single play. But Nebraska needs dudes making plays. They need dudes being dudes. And 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 they need, in this case, they need a dude at quarterback that when it's time to make plays, he makes plays. We can make fun of Deacon Hill, and his numbers aren't great, 
But when Deacon Hill needed to make a play yesterday, what happened? Mm-hmm. Made a well, play. Well, and, well and, and, and one thing I want to add with the portal here, just because, Mark, I think you kind of have a, a pessimist view on the transfer portal. Like, I look at it like, yeah, Nebraska got Jeff Sims last year. That leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Casey yeah. Thompson was fine, but they're like Graham Mertz last year in the transfer portal was not a hot commodity. Everyone thought it was Wisconsin's garbage they're throwing away. They don't want Graham Mertz anyway. Quietly had himself a very nice year for Florida this year. Over 70% completion percentage, 20 touchdowns to three interceptions. They didn't have the win-loss record that they wanted to have this year, the Florida Gators, go. but quietly had himself a very nice season. He was not the reason they were losing games, in my opinion, from what I saw of the Florida Gators. And I'll admit, whenever you're covering the Husker football team, you don't get as watch as much college football as you'd like from across the country. But there are guys out there that I'm not saying you can go bring in a Caleb Williams, a guy that's going to change your program. But you can bring in guys that can quietly have themselves a good season and not be the reason you're losing football games. Graham Mertz was not the reason Florida was losing football games this year. I think, I think Gary, who you're describing, and I think once I say this name, it'll be a, I see a it. nod and approval. Max Duggan, that type. I know yeah. he's not available. I'm just saying yeah. that type of dude is sort of what you're talking about, right? Yeah. Where it's just like, yeah. that is Max's team. Obviously, he's not maybe the most gifted, but he's pretty good <laughs> and he will lower his damn shoulder and that dude will be bleeding from the face and he'll, he'll keep playing like a dude like that. Is that sort of where you're at? Where, yeah. you know, and I, Mordecai is, I'm, I'm actually intrigued by Mordecai. I think even a guy like him, like just sort of defiant, you know, has a little bit of off script ability. I think you need that. Um, now, okay. Let's go positive real quick. Let's go yeah. positive. Um, controversial take, maybe, <laughs> maybe controversial take. I believe Emmett Johnson is a running back you can build around, and here's why. Um, I think for a guy who probably he himself did not think he was going to play much at all, I think as a running back, he understands the integrity of each of each play, and he tries to execute it. Right, like he he does hit the holes yep. where it's designed. He might miss the little sub holes where his decision, like maybe his instincts aren't the best. Where uh, if he just would have cut it left there, he had an extra extra few yards. I think he has legitimate wiggle in the hole. I think he's fearless going into the hole. Right, like he's not bouncing anything. Um, I think he also, and this is rare in Nebraska. I don't think he's had this since what Lucky, God, uh, Mir. Probably Amir. No, Roy Hill. Okay, they've had a few. Um, but I think he has the legitimate breakaway ability. Like, if he gets to the open field, which goes back to the receiver blocking that we were all talking about, if he gets to the open field, that dude's not getting hawked. Like, he is a burner. Um, you put 10 to 15 pounds on that kid, he just strikes me as a guy that is legitimately going to get better each year. I don't think we've seen his peak at all. Um I think he's underdeveloped physically. I think that's a dude you can build around at the running back spot. That is my controversial take. I'm not saying he needs to be the bell cow, but I think he needs to be in the mix and will be in the mix. He he, also, he doesn't fumble, right? I, I think there's just a lot he can catch the ball. There's a lot with that guy. Good that's player. My controversial opinion. What do you all think? Hey, I, I was I was completely wrong on him, and I I've admitted numerous times. I I wondered why Nebraska gave him a scholarship. But this is good on him. He stuck with it, and he worked on his body, and he worked on his craft, and he waited for his opportunity. 
and he seized his opportunity. I'm with you, Mark. He's in the running for running back one. I will tell you something I think is kind of key, and, and I'm not dogging on the kid, but will actually help the running back room next year, is they don't have the Anthony Grant factor. Is a guy that was really good the year before, but appears to be in the doghouse because you got to learn how to do day-to-day protocol to get on the field yeah. that you don't have that hanging around because, man, you want to use him because Anthony can give you some stuff. But then you're like, eh. He's an explosive athlete. I think okay. that's the question. That That's but, the that's the part that pisses you off because you're like physically, just yeah. physical attributes. Dude is really explosive and, and strong. You know, and, quick, I, and, but, I, and I think Emmett Johnson's you know. got a chance here. Here's the thing with Gabe Irvin is, you know, and, and Irvin went out and worked and got himself into RB1. But, man, is there a part of you guys – that thinks, man, what if Gabe is just injury prone? And that's yeah. what his career, you know, his career is going to be like a Trey Bryant. We see yeah. flashes, but ultimately injuries keep him off the field more than on the field. Yeah. Um, you know, losing, it's a hip. It's a hip. Yeah, losing Kwan Lacey was a big deal. Don't overlook that. Him decommitting for Nebraska, because there was a guy that I thought was going to be a third down, a three down back. And Nebraska may have that in Emmett Johnson. You know, he, his whole game got better as the season went along. He protects the ball. He runs smart. They're going to need to work on their vision. That's one yeah. thing running backs are going to have to be better at in 24 is their vision. Yeah. But I thought Emmett Johnson taken, took enough of a leap. Mark, I'm there with you. I think he's he's firmly in the mix in the spring to be RB1. I, I was a hell of a lot more impressed with Emmett Johnson than with what I saw from Gabe Irvin early in the season. I'll, I'll lay that out there right now. And Knee injury followed up by a hip injury. It's concerning. I mean, yeah. I, I wonder with him, could that be a future fullback in this program? Mm. Yeah, I, I wonder about what yeah. he can do with his legs following the two lower body injuries. Is he going to be able to be a guy that can be a three down back moving forward? Following th- those are two difficult injuries to come back. Well, I like I like Emmett's explosiveness. Period. And the the one two Sharpie. I want to go back to quarterback for two seconds. I know we got to get you out. One thousand one. One thousand. Can you stick around a little, Gary? This is. I I got you until the bottom of the hour. Oh, look at that! A little Sharpie overtime. How attractive is Nebraska going to be for quarterbacks? You can want, you can vet, you can go look for that, all those attributes that you're right on about that Nebraska needs. But are quarterbacks going to look at rules, history, Satterfield's history, the identity question mark with this offense, or is it just straight up a sell job plus a bag of money? I mean, uh, can, it, can it, can it, can it, can it work out for Nebraska? Can they be in the running against some of these other places? And you look at you look at uh, Daniels, right? That that's your that's your dream, uh, Daniels from Arizona State to um, to LSU or or Bo Nix, right? Bo Nix was kind yeah. of a train wreck at Auburn. Look at how he found himself year six in Oregon. I mean, there's talent for sure. Uh, can it be cultivated? And, no. and can, can you match up? No, it's a great question because what do a lot of these guys that go into the portal that want a new life want? They want somebody they want to help to, them they get want, ready. They want to win. They want to win, but they also want to get to the NFL. Yeah. Okay. Um, is Nebraska only attractive because they'll have a bag of money? Or what is the what is the thing that Nebraska is selling to these quarterbacks? That's why I say that one-year guy, eh, I don't want. I want that two-year guy. You know, you can sell them on, you're playing at a place like Nebraska, you're playing in the Big Ten, you've got young wide receivers that are going to be talented pass catchers, that all they need is a quarterback that throws a good ball, and you're going to see those wide receivers take off. That's why I think the quarterback that ends up at Nebraska out of the portal 
will be a connection to Nebraska. It will have some past history. They've been recruited by Nebraska. They have some connection family-wise to Nebraska, or they have some connection to Matt Rule. Like one of Matt Rule's former assistants recommends them. See, I, I think that's the root. Stop right it. there. I know. I know. It's a, Hey, there's, there's a lot of people that look at it as a red flag in decision-making of why you went with Sims. And I'm here to tell you, here's the frustrating thing about Sims is the turnovers – they weren't just in games. Guys, they mm-hmm. had been going on in the spring, the summer, and the fall. And mm-hmm. that's now starting to come out. So I'm going to give you a mulligan, but you have to find a guy that, you know, is not is not somebody. You have to find a guy that's got good enough DNA quarterbackism that matches with yours. So that's why I don't think it'll be a splash guy. It's going to have to just be somebody nice and solid. You know, Elijah brought up Graham Mertz. Graham Mertz all of a sudden was a solid quarterback at Florida. I mean, I think Nebraska, I I want a dude, but I want a dude that's solid, that's consistent. That's all we're asking for, right? It's just consistency. That's not turnover prone. That's more than just a nice, good teammate, you know, that, uh, you know, and I can understand why you get enamored with someone like Jeff. I, I really can just in terms of pure, it's almost like Anthony Grant, right? Just in terms of sheer athleticism, sheer ability, physical traits, like wow impressive really impressive you know like this is the ball looks pretty coming out of sim's hand too (laughs) it does until it goes to the other team but it's uh i i can understand that so i and i think you're right i think you have to give them a mulligan they got here in what december the the staff got here in december they had to move quickly they had to figure out their what are they going to do they they made a move and 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 here you are and and i think also satterfield probably what because it was going to be Pete's that was the offensive coordinator. That was his target yeah. Yeah. for offensive coordinator. Didn't work out. And, Satterfield kind of shifted into that. And role. and guys, so we already knew Sims had the turnover issues coming in. Look at look at the wide receivers they had. I mean, the, the offense that is we're talking about on November 25th was nowhere near the offense that they envisioned on April 25th. Yeah, no. I no. mean, so – so it was an adjustment that they that I don't think Marcus Satterfield was prepared for, and it showed until the last two games when he found a quarterback that he was comfortable throwing the ball down the field. And I think that's what he wanted to do. So there's going to be a lot into this, but I mean, guys, the, the, the bottom line with the quarterback position is, what if we wake up on December 4th and Nebraska has one guy on campus and they only have one recruit, and that's Danny Kalen. You have two quarterbacks. You know, Jeff Sims is going to graduate in May, I believe. Brock Purdy's going to graduate in December. Chubba. So, Chubba. Or, yeah, Chubba Purdy, excuse me. And his real name is uh, Preston, I found out. Yeah, well, and nobody Bill can pronounce Preston. his first name. Um, yeah. So, you know, they've, they've got to have already done their homework. That's why I think it's a connection to Nebraska that will end up here. Um mm. You know, Lincoln Kleinholz at Ohio State is somebody that gets a lot of run. There you go. Because there's there the go. connection. He was recruited. Well, he wanted to be recruited by Nebraska. Previous staff didn't go all in on him. Um, family member built the football facility. Mom has a job in Lincoln. He's from South Dakota. Now, he gets $600,000 at Ohio State in a car. That's what the quarterbacks get at Ohio State. If you're the starter, McCord probably gets a little bit more. So Nebraska is going to have to dip into the NIL and pay – for somebody that they think is worthy of leading them in 2024. But again, I think it's a connection. 
I, I think there's, I think there's one more connection there. Connection. There's yeah. one more connection there. High school teammate Jason Majacek just made the flip over to offensive line, would yeah. be connect or protecting well, Lincoln Keynotes. And the and the Hausmans from Norris are his cousins that are on the current roster. Hmm. He's just. I'm not saying that he's in the portal, but I, we're, I'm using him as an example of there's connections hmm. of guys that you have past history with. I get asked a lot up here in Omaha about Zane Floors at Oklahoma State, yeah. who is redshirting this year. And was was kind of he was told that he was going to be redshirting. It's my understanding that um, you know he's he's a guy that likes Oklahoma State, but hey, you never know. Um, we'll say this that if if it ever gets to the point with I'm going to give you a little. I know Satterfield gets bashed, but I'm going to give you a little good thing that Satterfield did back in December. So Zane Floors, Mickey Joseph, when he was named the interim coach, he immediately contacted the Floors family and said, "Hey, we'd like to we'd like to get back involved." And the family politely said, no, we've been committed to Oklahoma State. We're pretty loyal to them. We're going to stay with Oklahoma State, but thank you for the call. When the coaches made their tour around the area to introduce themselves back in December, Marcus Satterfield was told to go to Gretna. He wanted to meet Zane Flores, but he didn't want to, okay, beg and say, hey, you know, it's two weeks until signing day. Look at us. He just wanted to shake his hand and say, hey, congratulations on the season that you had, players like you will never leave the state again. I don't know if that'll ever matter, but down the road, that was a huge, huge statement by Satterfield not to pressure Zane because he didn't want to come down to the coach's office. They didn't want to come out of class and go, I don't want to talk to a Nebraska coach. Yeah, I'm not yeah. going there. So so that's something out there. But again, to wrap this all up and land the plane on quarterbacks, I think it'll be a connection. I don't think unless Nebraska has a bag man that has a lot of money – It'll be somebody that you go, whoa, my gosh, look at that guy. If it is, then then Matt Rule has changed his tone on NIL. Eat beef in the stream, (laughs) says Dylan Riola has that connection. Ain't ruling him out yet. Ain't ruling him out. No, no, listen, no, listen. Donovan and Dominic are going to call, and Donovan will be like, hey, man, did you see that pass pro last couple weeks? Huh? You see that pass, bro? <laughs> we got you. We got your boy. We got your boy. And then, and Everybody's then George, coming back. And then George is going to say, hey, you see that Carson Beck? He's played so well, he's probably going to be off to the NFL. Yeah, mm-hmm. see, I know. That's probably problem. Okay, let's switch to defense. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Two seconds. Two seconds. I'm ruling Lincoln. out Riola. I'm not ruling him two, out. Two, well, you, you, you good, good. I want some of your drugs. I love it. Um, <laughs> kind it's holds. Legal. It's legal. I only get the no, I know. stuff from the yeah. Kine Holes. Just for a second. I believe Keen Holtz, I believe. Keen Holtz, thank you for your German help, Elijah. Yeah. Keen Holtz. Elijah studied German, I believe. This is true. Um, He's got Chris, people are from Munich. We, we also know listeners from the South All Dakota area that have told us in the past, Keen Holtz. But with, with, with him, to be – Good enough to to be scouted, recruited, and then taken by Ohio State. They've done a marvelous job of quarterback evaluation and then development. So if you're able to get a guy that's at least spent a year under Lincoln, not Lincoln, excuse me, but um, Ryan Day, Ohio State, Ryan Day, that's uh, that's pretty big. I mean, that doesn't happen every day. I know that there's quarterbacks from Ohio State that go to the portal, but to, to have the opportunity possibly, and he's not in the portal yet, Sharpie, uh, w- would be big. I mean, that's pretty high-end quarterback tutorage, I would say. Uh, Ohio State's history speaks for itself. Are you not agreeing? Oh, no, no. I, I, I'm in full agreement with you. 
I mean, I, I also think there's probably a discussion. What if Chubba says he wants to come back? What if Chubba's your starting quarterback against UTEP in September of 2024? I don't hate it. I don't. I don't. I don't, dis, I don't dislike it either. I just need. He's to good see on the deep ball. I need He's to see good on the deep ball. Change in behavior with turnovers. Yeah. Period. That's that's structural too. Like maybe not drop. Maybe don't drop back as much. Like this. Yeah, boy, Elijah looks like he's got a drop one here. He, he does not. He like doesn't this. want. He doesn't he's want to quarterback in twenty four. He's grimacing. Yeah. I, I'm just saying. I, I just don't think you rule it out. You, you haven't seen out. enough of him to, to to shut the door on him. Well, and I've seen uh, enough off script stuff that I like. I like how mm-hmm. he can spin out of trouble, and he's been pretty accurate on some of the deep stuff, which is probably going to be Nebraska's. Bread and butter. That I, throw into the wind right. was incredible right. last night. But I, I think I think if that's the if that's the case, if he does return, I mean, I think there's the, you know, I, I'm always curious on how quarterbacks react when they're playing meaningful meaningful games. And we've seen how Purdy's reacted the last two weeks. Is mm-hmm. can you make Purdy a drop back quarterback that is comfortable in the pocket? I just don't want to see the drop back game in Lincoln, Nebraska, ever. Period. It doesn't work. Sorry, it's not going to so work. You're, you get, you're always going to roll the pocket. Yes, unless you bring in a Zach Taylor, who is literally one of the best football minds on the planet. Like it works for him. It works for it worked for him. Like oh wow, everything worked great then. It's like it's he had, a, he had an Taylor. insane yeah. offensive line. It's Zach Taylor who coached a damn team into the Super Bowl at age whatever he is, like thirty two or something. I mean, come on, he's a he's an absolute phenom, right? Like so, if if Nebraska can get that guy, great. You know, I just don't know if there's so, many of those guys so, out there. So the approach of quarterback is. Let, let's let's say Chubba does have an interest in staying at the University of Nebraska. Yeah. I think he likes the lifestyle that is being a quarterback at Nebraska. Um, then, if you because you still have to go into the portal, are you going into the portal to get a guy that's better than Chubba or a guy that is is exactly who Chubba is? So go okay. get me a better quarterback and you, let the best man okay. win. It's, okay. Thank you. I have had it with the whole, like, if you're about competition, you're about competition, period. That That's why. Yeah. I just asked the question. I'm not that I, I'm with you guys on this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We go, we go, I mean, that makes you revisit the Burrow decision with Frost and all that. It's just like, sh- shut up, bring him in. Right. They quit worrying about well, Adrian. Sim, Sims didn't like, really have to compete for the job either. Doesn't feel like after. Time has passed. Well, okay. All right. Can we, let's real quick. One question or a, a, a one word answer so we can get into the meat of this, Gary. Does does Tony White come back, yes or no, as Nebraska's defensive coordinator in 2024? Yes. Okay. That said, um, should we expect Nebraska to have an improved defense over this year and be a really salty group? I say yes. When you go across all three levels, I think you got some serious options. I think Robinson and, and Huttmacher can be terrors. They just reinvented their body coming into this year. Huttmacher, this is his yeah. first year ever being this nimble. And then you have Robinson, who I think has a chance, like Sue, won't be Sue, not saying he's going to be an Outland winner or even all-conference necessarily. But – if he makes that decision like Sue did, which people don't really talk about enough, like makes a conscious decision of I'm going to be great and I am going to do literally everything. Sue was in phenomenal shape. People do not give that enough credit. That guy, you did not have to take him off the field. He did not get tired. He was in incredible physical condition. If Robinson does something like that, 
I don't know. I'm very bullish on Nebraska's defense if White comes back. So there's a couple things about the defense. They had a great year. They were they were better than we expected. The transition to 3-3-5 went smoother than we could have ever anticipated, and that has a lot to do with Tony White and his coaches. They got some they got some really good coaches on that side of the ball that Tony White coached up his coaches and let them coach. And he let them do their thing. And he just let guys play. You know, I loved his comment yesterday, or, or what Ty Robinson said, is Tony White just said, hey, guys, just go out and play today. He said, I'm not going to coach you. This is game 12. You know what you're doing. Just go out and play. And I think that's kind of the mindset on that side of the ball. A couple of things moving forward with 24 on defense. There is an area that Nebraska does need to fix, which as good as they were defensively, man, does it go counterintuitive to they couldn't get off the field. They were not a great third and long defense, which really is kind of bizarre considering how stable a defense they were. But into 2024, middle linebacker worries me. I think they lose a lot of experience there. Henrich and Reimer. But they're going to bring back somebody who, at the end of fall camp, his position coach intimated that he's the best player regardless of position on the field. Deshaun Singleton will return from injury. Now, that's a that became a, a pretty severe injury. Um, I think he'd be good to go for spring. But he, he was, was pretty slight coming in. Yeah. He, he was he really was a, a thin he, guy coming in. He's a guy that, yeah. you know, his first year here, you're like, where'd that guy go? Next year, you're like, whoa, this staff, boy, it's all about development. Look, at they're pushing the right buttons. They got guys in the right position. He's a guy that'll return. Um, but I expect that defense to make a leap in the next year. I expect them to get better and more knowledge and be sound, but they've got to fix getting off the field on third down because that is bizarre. As good yeah. as they were in a lot of elements, they just, especially over the last two weeks against the quarterback run game, the tight ends, they couldn't get off the field on third down. But I, I expect them to, to not take a step back and to improve next year because another year of coaching, and remember, look at the recruiting class coming in. They are they're pretty heavy on some of the better players are on that side of the ball. A so ton I think, of DBs, yeah. Gary. A so, ton of DBs. So I, I think yeah. they'll be I think they'll be very good. Keep an eye on Isaac Gifford's decision on what he's gonna do. He's back. He's back. Um yeah, be yeah, well, he's smart because I would walk too and say, Hey, how about some NIL? But Nebraska's gonna have to play the numbers game. They're gonna have to they're gonna have to move some things around to keep everybody happy with scholarships. Well, can can Luke just just toss off a hundred thousand for Isaac for the year? Is that, is that not possible? <laughs> well, what I'll say though yeah. is, is, whenever I look at the defense next year, how it shapes up, I think Nebraska is losing one most likely surefire NFL guy in Quentin Newsom. I think Quentin Newsom quietly had himself a very yeah. nice year. I'm not saying first round pick. I'm not saying second round pick. I think that's the guy that gets drafted. I think that guy that's the guy that finds his way onto an NFL yeah. roster next year. But I look at next year. I think Tommy Hill really made a leap this season with his yep. ability to go get turnovers. I think he's still got strides to make, but I think that's probably a future NFL guy. Huttmacher, Robinson, Deshaun Singleton. I think the amount of potential NFL guys you could have on that defense yep. next season really gets my interest peaked in terms of what that defense can be, regardless yep. if Tony White is the, yep. the defensive well, coordinator or not. Well, they also need help from the offense, because I thought over the last couple of weeks that's a defense that got really tired, and they got very yes. sloppy with their mechanics. Like yesterday, you know, some of the run fits, especially on that 22-yard run there late in the fourth quarter, that was just a sloppy, bad run fit. I thought guys started to play more with their eyes um, as the season went on, and they were on the field for a long time. Look at that first half yesterday. 
They were out oh. there for a long time. I think they was it like they, 19 minutes or something like yeah, that. Yeah, we were always yeah. fearful of oh boy, when is this defense going to bend and then they're just going to break. I think we started to see it at the end of the year because they were put in such pressure situations. Now, good on them. Tony White, in terms of his quick change defense and a sense of urgency, was fantastic. But I thought that defense got stressed because they were put in that spot a lot at the tail end of the season, especially in the month of November. They did incredible work all year long when it comes to turnovers and points not allowed off yeah. of turnovers to your point yeah. about sudden change. But yeah. you look at the, the Maryland game, a big run walk off. You look at yesterday, big run walk off where yeah. to your point yeah. about the run fit and then some missed tackles. You saw yeah. missed tackles creep up as good as they were all year, especially in comparison to some past defenses. They just wore down. They just wore down and didn't make a tackle. They made eight out of ten times most of the season. Pass rush, Sharpie. That is going to be big for Nebraska. We know they've they've been pretty good, I think, third in the Big Ten in sacks. Yeah. Good for them. But they've had to bring pressure a lot. Can this defense make and take a jump to getting pressure with not having to send the kitchen sink? I like the, the blitzes, and I like the sack numbers. But right now, the reality is, is Nebraska is not getting home, even if they do bring pressure on some of those third nights. Yeah. Do you guys think, yeah. though, of all everything this season, of a lot of guys that played on that side of the ball, they may have found their first true pass rusher in a while. Prince Will. Because I, well, Prince Will, yes, who had the nice little bowling celebration. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, that, was that was funny. Good. But I'm, oh, telling you, I'm, I'm telling you a guy, Len Hart is another, James Williams. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nasty. Yep. He's nasty. Yeah, he's His nasty. arm length. His arm yeah, length, he is, man. He is tough. He is tough to, to stop on a, in a one-on-one situation for pretty much any tackle. Like, he's – that's a specialist that Nebraska has there. The, I think the other reclamation project that I give a lot of credit to the defensive staff and probably Evan Cooper, the reclamation project that is Tommy Hill was incredible. <laughs> uh, so, like, if you look at – I mean, I was out on him. Completely. I was just like, oh, there were a lot of people is, that were out on him. I was like, this dude, he's he doesn't want to hit anybody. He's just, like, get him off the field. Like you can't, you can't play power fight. You you need to hit at minimum. Um, and Nebraska has that across the board. Like that, that team isn't scared to hit. You know, Phelan yeah. Sanford's given up his body last week. Like you know, filling a hole. Yeah. Like beautiful, beautiful job of filling the hole. That happens a lot. But Tommy Hill yesterday in the fourth quarter on an out pattern that I believe was on a third down, um, kind of a deep out. His closing speed, where he was trailing, he was trailing the receiver by a good couple yards. Is that where he almost intercepted and then, it? And then just hit on the pure breakup. On the okay. pure breakup. Yeah, where almost, he just, he almost oh, okay, yeah, on the, out, on the out to the Nebraska boundary. Yep, exactly. Yep. Yeah, yeah, okay. But his third closing down. speed, once the ball was in the air, Tommy Hill was running like a 3840 at that point. <laughs> that dude closed so damn fast and knocked that ball away. There, there is nobody else on the roster. There are a few people in the conference that can do that. Like that, that's, yeah. that, that he displayed extraordinary ability uh, doing that. And so you understand maybe why coaches have been so enamored with the guy. Um, so I think maybe a year of him settling too. Yeah. He's been bounced back and forth now how many times between receiver yeah. and corner last two years? So him settling at that position, he could become something really special. And it's pretty well, incredible and how and Nebraska got a guy a year before Matt Rule arrives that fits the rule mold perfectly of athletic traits out the wazoo, 
needs development. Yep. That's the perfect yeah. Matt Rule candidate, yeah. and it's incredible. The, Nebraska hit him a year the, before Matt Rule showed it up. The, the other thing they need to do defensive back is they need to take Malcolm Hartsog off the roller coaster. They need to stick him at cornerback or safety and let him play there and not bounce him back and forth because I don't He's think safety. he was ready to do both. Even though they're coached to be versatile mm-hmm. um, and cross train, I don't think Malcolm's the guy to do cornerback he, and safety. Oh, even me, in even in the same in the, in the course of one game. To me, he's Honey Badger part two. Like that's that's you give him that role. You put him at safety, or you put yeah, him at. Well, they they, they got to identify, and they got to get yeah. him off the roller coaster because he was on it this year. Yeah, it, but but I like I love his physicality. I love his playmaking ability. Um, I think he has good good instincts for the game. He's got he's got all that stuff that Honey Badger had. He's like Honey Badger light. That's what he is. Gary, that's what he could at his best. I, Gary, I know we're up against it here, so I want to get you out on this. You've had some time to think about it. A word or a phrase that you think we're going to look back on to describe the 2023 season. The same. Hmm. Nice. El mismo in Spanish. So, you know, I mean, just, you yeah. think about, there's our guys, for the show. You, you guys, you think about of, of all the, all the steps forward they made and they probably made steps forward that we can't see because we're not there every day. The first game against Minnesota, the last game against Iowa, Kind of looked exactly the same. Bookends. Yep. What a way to bookend the season, right? Like, yep. truly incredible. Truly incredible. Uh, but but at the same time, I believe whatever uh, had affected uh, or had in yeah whatever had infected Nebraska in in recent years, where being physical was kind of optional. It's no longer optional yeah. under yeah. rules tutelage. Like that, it's a thanks, group thanks to how they practice. Yeah. Hey, yeah. There, guys, guys. This Saturday a year ago was when Matt Rule was hired. Mm-hmm. Let's okay. So you remember what the program was coming off? Uh, uh, it was a Saturday morning after Iowa, and how we felt about that, and how we felt about the twenty-two season. How do you feel a year later of the Matt Rule experience with now twelve games under our belt, talent? coaching on off field with a guy who I say, go build, you're a builder, go build and find a way to beat for the first time in your career, power five teams that win at least eight games, which he's never done. He's never done. I'm encouraged so because of the a, development. He's a, yeah. He's part. a builder. And I say, go build. But a year later, Schmidt, Elijah, Mark, how do you feel about where Nebraska is? They, they need to, clearly stop this fourth quarter meltdown stuff that's obvious i get it but i'm encouraged because i think they can get better and from what i've seen of guys that were gathering dust or some no names they got better they played well they played meaningful football and at least on the defensive side uh pretty good eye for talent those young guys contributed good eye for talent on offense with those young wide receivers they're not perfect but they they made some plays uh, Emmett Johnson made some plays. So, no, I'm encouraged, man. I mean, I, it, it, if you're a Nebraska fan, November absolutely sucked with how much you got kicked below the belt. That said, I think this guy knows what he's doing. And I think they'll, a year from now, we'll be talking about what Bull Nebraska's going to. And if their November was better against a pretty murderous schedule. At least it looks that way on paper. So go get me a quarterback, go develop the quarterback, knock that crap off with turnovers, 
get a little more consistent <laughs> yeah. in the run game and let the Eagles such a dad there. <laughs> let, let the let the well let the defense go. Let the defense man. let the defense go eat. So I'm encouraged, and it just comes down to uh, to some execution and decision making, coach and player. And what I'll say is, every single coach in America has a vision for their program whenever they're hired. There's a vision on one hand, and then there's a reality on the other hand. And I don't think Nebraska was able to to meld find the marriage between the vision and the reality in year one. A lot of coaches have that same experience yeah. in year one. There's a long way between vision and reality. I think Nebraska got closer yeah. between vision and reality in year one. I think there's a lot of retooling that needs to be done in the offseason. Reason for encouragement is the freshman playmakers Nebraska on the field this year and the jumps that they'll yep. make, the freshmen that are coming in. They need to take an offseason to try to get vision and reality closer, and we'll see how it looks next year. I'm not confident enough to say Nebraska will be playing in a bowl game next season. I think there's still a long distance between vision and reality. I'm calling it. At I'm Nebraska. calling it now, Elijah. I'm not willing I'm to call it, it right now. I'll wait. I'll no. wait and see who the quarterback is going to be. There's still a long way between vision and reality. <laughs> Nebraska moved a step closer in year one. They can do more through winter and spring football with the talent on the field to get vision and reality closer. When vision and reality meet, Nebraska is going to be something special. A lot of coaches fail to ever get their vision to reality. So I think Nebraska took a step closer with the vision and the reality side of things, but they took a step in the right direction. More steps can be made in the offseason. Some retooling to the vision needs to be done to help it meet reality, but all things considered, it was a step in the right direction as disappointing as the year ended. Uh, Gary, it's a, it's going to be fun to uh, talk hoops with you uh, moving forward, <laughs> starting next week. It's going to be fun. No, 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 no. We got we got a lot of football. I mean, there's... There's a lot yeah, of no, there's there's a there's a lot of stuff that again I keep saying it's the response to things you learn this year will tell me if year one was successful or not. Yeah. I, I think I think the core, which is behind the scenes, is in a lot better place. When I hear players say that it was fun this year, how about Omar yesterday in the press conference? Yeah, right, I, he I, was I, effusive I, in his praise. I think when we pull back from the disappointment of yesterday. What Rule told you his blueprint is for year one, he kind of accomplished it. Yeah. On the field, it was kind of a feeling out year. And I, 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 I think we were sold that we, Nebraska was supposed to be bad in year one under Matt Rule. And then all of a sudden, they had five wins with a chance to go to a bowl game. And it didn't happen. And you go, oh, that's a major letdown. But I think a lot of the stuff that Rule told you, and then they had the the twists and turns of the season kind of played out. I think his biggest accomplishment is behind the scenes. He's further ahead on defense than I thought he would, but man, he's got to figure out offense and it's not just who's in the right position. Who's the quarterback. It is how do they all work together? Because if they don't figure out all the offensive guys working together and game day stuff, then they're going to be right back in this position. So he's a builder and I say, go build and continue what you're doing off the field, but work on what you're doing on the field to be better next year because coaching is really good in this conference. And, man, you got to be really good with the headsets. We can have all the Jimmys and Joes we want, but you got to be pretty good on game day. And Nebraska has some things to shore up on game day and game decision-making. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's Gary Sharp with us, weekend edition, Hail Varsity, powered by Cornet Lager, Elijah Herbal, Mark Cranach. Sharpie will, those. We'll, we'll <laughs> check in with you 
again next time. Thanks for making uh, this roundtable rock and roll on a Saturday morning. Always appreciate you. Hey, I appreciate it, guys. This was a lot of fun. We, uh, I don't know. Yesterday was not fun, but uh, offseason will be intriguing. Yeah. At least we care, right? One thing I yep, guarantee for sure. Right. it'll be another right. long Spot- one. Another hey. long offseason. Spotify, yeah, iTunes, yeah. Google Play yeah, for the podcast. Offseason's too familiar. Yep. They got, of, uh, we, got, we, we can't do this next year on this Saturday. No. no. Hell no. God dang it. Let's do everything. No, if we we're can doing here. this next year, I'll be finding a new career. I can't. I can't do this every year. <laughs> <laughs> Elijah. Elijah has no more veins for Tito's. Is what he said. Elijah just he's just watering flowers at Lowe's. Like it's just uh-huh. simpler. It's just simpler. <laughs> <laughs> just, Return your cart. And don't piss me off. Uh, right. Yeah. Love it. Guys, take care. Hey, we'll be back that, at uh, you Monday. Take care. Bye. Thanks. Thanks, everybody. Are we continuing or we got to go? Now we're out. We're out. Oh, we are?